Welcome to the One Solution Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to explore if there really is one solution to all the world's problems. And perhaps that solution lies in the mind. The mind is both the source of those problems, but also the solution to those problems. All right. Uh, First of all, thank you to everyone who's coming from all over the world. We are really, really excited um, to be doing this webinar series. Um, we're doing it as part of uh, a collective. So some of you have may have heard of this, some of you have not, but the IOS Collective is the collaboration between three organizations. One is One Solution, which uh, you're looking at right here. And uh, the second one is the Spark Initiative, which would be Ashley and Brooke, who's on air. From Florida. Ooh. From Florida. We're in Chicago right now, so we got Chicago and Florida. Um, and then we got Anna and Michael, who is Portland-based. Yeah. And their organization is Inside Alliance. And we'll share more about uh, why we uh, created this collective and why we feel like we can be doing the same thing in different parts of the world with seemingly different people and having very similar um, realizations and results. So that's why we created a collective. That's why we're doing this webinar to show that at the end of the day, um, it's the same thing. Uh, humans are humans and nature is nature. Um, and hopefully after this webinar, you'll, you'll see more about that and hopefully see that, hey, maybe I can, I can make some change. Maybe it is easier than I thought. Maybe I can connect with anyone, no matter where I go, uh, because I see something beyond the ideas we have of people into kind of more of the core of what's behind all of that. So that's why we uh, started our organizations and that's why we're doing this webinar series. Do you want to add anything? Yeah, and just in this first uh, webinar, we're really focusing on why the mind and focusing on people's minds and resilience is the most leveraged place to look in terms of making sustainable change around any issues. So like what Adik said and what you'll see on this call is that we're all in different places and we're working in, with different populations, but we're pointing to the same fundamental truth, which is that change can only occur from within people's minds. And when people can have a shift of mind, anything in the outside world can change. And actually things in the outside world don't really change very well until people have an internal shift in the mind. So whether and I love that we have such an interesting mix. I wish we had uh, five hours to do this webinar so I could hear what every single person from all over the world is interested in, what issues they care about, maybe what you're working on. But the point is that doesn't necessarily matter because what we're going to um, hope to sort of flesh out in this hour is that whether you care about environmental change or social change or criminal justice change or education change, that it really um, starts in the minds of people and we've seen incredibly hopeful huge transformation happen when people learn about the mind and they become more resilient and more clear and then therefore more able to make change in their lives and in those different areas so that's what we're going to focus on today cool so should we have someone begin with uh, why why that direction is uh, the most valuable one yeah, I'd love to start, like, um, maybe Michael. I don't know if, I, if I'm putting you on the spot too early, but I haven't mm-hmm. heard from you yet, so I'd love to hear from you, and then we'll hear from these guys. But um, if you could say a bit from your firsthand experience why learning about the mind is the route to change and sustainable change, in your opinion, in your experience of life. Uh-oh, we can't see uh, Sorry. Oh, there sorry. We go. Oh, okay. There we go. It's really cool. It actually knows when you're talking and it doesn't, and everybody can't hear you. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mara, good to see you guys on the outside, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, for me, 
it was really incredible because I had my insight, you know, I was in the class and I was learning a lot of this stuff with Anna and I had my insight. Wait a minute, just for the audience, because they don't know when you say your class with Anna, where were you and what was the class that you were in just for everybody else? Okay. I was at Columbia river correctional facility and I was participating in Anna's program called uh, insight to wellbeing. Um, you know, I was learning the stuff in the class and I'm like, okay, you know, that makes sense. My mind was still trying to, you know, rationalize it. Oh, well, this is, uh, you know, this is just another, uh, new age thing. You know what I mean? And, um, but when I had my insight, I had it at a moment when I was in a rage to, to put it, to put it lightly or to put it bluntly. Um, I, I was at a place, uh, where I was angry I was having to deal with a lot of people in a program that I was in. I was in a, a, a what they call AIP, Alternative Incarceration Program. Um, it, it deals with a lot of, you know, cognitive change stuff. Um, absolutely nothing compared to what I've learned in Anna's class. Um, it has been a sustained change. You know, once, once I had the realization and I actually understood that what was going on in my life was a result of the way that I was thinking about everything. That's what changed. And, and when I understood that, you know, I brought that with me out here and, um, man, you know, I, I, I've had, I got a lot of details out here, believe me. And I'm trying to, you know, balance life and I'm trying to, you know, uh, re myself to society and everything that I've learned in this program is helping me get by with that right now. Um, for example, when I first got out, you know, uh, being incarcerated, I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to get out and see my friends and I'm going to party and drink some beer and everything's going to be awesome. And, you know, that's what I did. I got out, I had a few drinks with my friends and, you know, for a while there, it's like everybody showed up and they got a beer in their hand. And so, you know, and then I got to a point to where I realized, okay, wait a minute, you know, this is, you know, and the alcohol wasn't affecting me in the same way. And, and I told myself, I'm like, you know what? I, I don't want to do this. This is, this is my life before I went to prison and my life after prison. I want to be different. I want to, I want to apply the things that I've learned, you know, in this class. I want to, I want to participate and be a part of social change. And so I realized that drinking alcohol is, it, it's not, it's counterproductive to the goals that I have for the future. And so using the skills that I learned, I guess I'm calling it a skill, but using the knowledge that I learned in this class, um, you know, I got to the point to where, you know, like you could feel where your mind, my mind automatically went to where I wanted to, uh, to drink some beer. You know, when, when I go out and I, and I, I come home at the end of the day, it seemed right for me to have a beer. And so once I realized that that's not what was working for me, I decided, okay, I'm going to make a decision. And I made the decision, which was to eliminate it from my life. And I did. And the crazy thing is that when I started thinking about, you know, that having a beer when I come home, you know, I realized, like, wait a minute, man, this is my thinking. Like this, it means absolutely nothing about me. I don't have to act on the thought. It's just some random stuff that's just flying through my head. You know, it's the chicken. And, you know, I just, I don't want to chase it. So I just sat there and I looked at it and I observed it and I watched it. And, you know, eventually it just bounced right out the front door where it came in. And so I, I'm just really excited, man. I'm, I'm telling you, because that was like firsthand experience out here where I was actually able to identify, okay, you know what? This is amazing. I mean, I knew that before, but out here, <laughs> it's very cool. Have I answered the question? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Well, and if I could just comment, like, what I love about you more than answered it, because you gave multiple examples in a very succinct uh, experience where you described, I mean, you just touched on that you originally had an insight around rage, but then also when you came out, you could see it in practice in terms of alcohol in your life and you could also apply it to what you want to be up to so like you said I want to be up to think I don't want to be up to that anymore I want to be up to social change so like even if alcohol hadn't been involved you're saying this is something I want to do now and now I see how I can use my mind to make that happen so 
everything from not getting caught up in rage to having a different relationship to something that might have had power over you in the past, like alcohol, to deciding you want to be up to social change, and really seeing that it's sustainable. What you learn and the knowledge that you have now has helped you in all of those areas and is continuing to. It's not like it was a one-off, like, oh, that was interesting at the time. Anyway, back to, you know, the way things were, which is, I think, how a lot of people think about life. So thank you. I mean, you shared a tremendous amount. Yeah, thank you. Who wants to go next? I nominate Anna. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We got you. <laughs> Oh, we got to unmute you, Anna. You, you have to unmute, Anna. I okay. am unmuted. There you go. There we go. Okay. All right. Uh, well, it's good to see you, Michael. It's been a while. Oh, uh, yeah. Good to um, see you, too. Uh, let's see. I wasn't expecting to go next, so I got literally nothing in my head. Um, I mean... Uh, of course, you know, when I, when I um, started to understand my own mind, you know, my, um, my experience of my own life changed. And I think what's been fascinating in working um, with the, the, you know, incarcerated population is there can be a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, especially in some of those programs that you talked about, but, but you know, there's that sense of, well, you can't actually change but we're going to give you tools that hopefully are going to kind of, you know, eke you by and, and you're going to like, you know, with as much willpower as you possibly can have. And, 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 you know, you may stay out of prison, but, but so many, you know, so much of that doesn't work. Cause I know for my own self, you know, willpower and trying really hard um, never actually did anything for me. Um, it did for a minute, but then it was, it was just exhausting and it took up a lot of time. And, and so I think that, if we if we spend so much time you know trying to change our mind or trying to change the way we live there's not actually a lot of space for, for me there's not actually a lot of space for anything else because it's a full-time job trying to monitor and change the chaos that's happening in your life um, when you don't understand your own mind and so for me and seeing the people um, you know and our participants is that it takes, once you understand how the mind works and you see, as Michael said, that, that, that thoughts come in and just because you have a thought, it doesn't mean it's yours or just because you have a thought, you don't have to react to it or run with it. It's like a chicken that comes in the house and it can find its own way out the door. Then without having to do anything about that, then it's, it, it takes a lot of time and energy off, off the table. So there's actually a lot more time and energy to put into social change or to think about other things that you want to do because there's a lot more space in in your mind there's still thoughts that come through uh, but the space around them has kind of um increased because you're not filling up all the rest of it with other thoughts trying to get rid of those thoughts or trying to change the thoughts or trying to have better feelings or trying to have different feelings which then just kind of is tiring um so what i noticed with the people um who are still in prison who are coming out of prison and, and for myself, is that with more time on your hands or more space in your head from not, not chasing everything that's going through and you're trying to change it, then they have ideas about how to live life or how to do something new or how to follow a, a, a breadcrumb that they wouldn't have even seen before had they been so focused on, on, on trying to, you know, trying to change or trying to implement some tool. Um, and so, you know, you see people getting just living life just living life where they didn't even think that was possible like you can have a thought and you don't run with it and so like as michael said you know you come out and 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 it is that like oh i can do whatever i want i can have it. and then you realize something feels different alcohol doesn't affect you in the same way because you realize you don't you're not nothing you know you're not drinking to try and change your feeling or enhance a feeling or whatever it is it's just like well this isn't doing the same thing it's just giving me a headache at three o'clock in the morning and you can actually have a have, have a more space to, to have a, have a new thought. Um, so you just see how the, once you start to see this for yourself, whether it's in prison or anywhere else, it, it, it kind of, it, it continues because it, it's not something that you're having to engage. In fact, you're disengaging 
in a way. And therefore, there's actually a lot more space to have new ideas and new thoughts and new wisdom to come through to navigate your life and to, you know, to, to have you follow things that, that you wouldn't even necessarily have seen or, you know, um, uh, it, before. Um, so, and I, and I see it, you know, every day with, with people that are coming out of pr prison, but also I think I mentioned last time, you know, um, women that are creating amazing change on the inside and bringing a higher education into the women's prison that hasn't been there before and all sorts of incredible things that they put down to having the space in their own minds to come up with new ideas to do things that actually is making the change that they need to see that's affecting everybody. You know, it's not just affecting themselves. And they're like, I'm cool. I, I've got good, you know, my mind's clear. But it's like, then they're implementing, you know, sparks and ideas of things that come through them to then, to then you know, to then create way more change than they ever thought was possible. I love that. It's such kind of a simple visual for what causes the problems in the world, but then what also causes the solutions. It's like, if you don't understand what Michael said so simply, then your head can be so full of chickens <laughs> that you're just in survival mode. You know, there's just like so much noise and squawking in there. It's like you, you're self-absorbed because you have to be because you're completely bombarded by all of this unhelpful thinking that you don't know you have an option to not live in, to not focus on, to not chase. And when people are in survival mode is when they do a lot of problematic behaviors like drugs and alcohol or like um, hurting other people because they're so reactive because their thinking is so crammed up, you know, like making choices out of convenience and greed because you just want to feel better, which ultimately is not good for the environment. I mean, you could see how everything that's bad and not working in the world is a result of people having incredibly full heads that make them feel bad and live in kind of a coping survival reactive mode. Whereas your point for all of us, for you, for me, for you, when we get space in our heads and we know we don't have to live identified with and chasing and reacting to all of that noise in our head, all of a sudden, what I love is that the, the default, the leftover of humanity is having eyes for, well, I got, I got leftover energy here. What can I do to help? You know, like I've had so many people I've worked with talk about like, yeah, I just started running because I felt better. Like I just had energy and it felt like it would feel good in my body to go for a run. So they suddenly lose 30 pounds, which they really needed to for the sake of their health. Or to your point, they get ideas about, oh, I want to bring higher education into the women's prison. This is totally messed up that no one else is doing that. Why not me? That feeling of like, well, I could do that. You can only have that when you have mental space and you can see how any problem in the world gets solved when people have mental space and the feeling of, oh yeah, I'd like to do that. Why? Because I can, because I feel okay, because I have the space to look to see to do that. Brooke, you're muted. Oh. Do we have them muted? No, she's not muted now. Oh, there we go. No? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I heard I heard her first. I had a word. I heard, I heard a word. word. Oh, no. Say something, bro. Hello. Oh. Yay. <laughs> now I completely forgot what I was going to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm just listening to you guys, and I was thinking, because we really recently started working with women in the, our local jail system, and we've worked for a long time with women um, in a safe house from sex trafficking. And I was listening to kind of the difference between also our work with youth. And I think when you're younger, it's not necessarily a, I can't change it. This is just the way I am. They're just kind of prisoners to their own thinking, thinking that's what they have to react to. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and then when, when people get older, they kind of accept how they are, right? Like, this is just my personality, or this is just my path, or this is just my life based on my circumstances. And again, but what everyone doesn't see is it's just all thought. And it's only real as long as you're, you know, keeping the doors closed, right? It's only real as long as you don't let the chicken out. And as, and as soon as you see that, that's just how it works. And, and that thought will always go away. And, and, 
there's something much deeper in all of us that is never broken, is never hurt, is never going away, regardless of what's happening. And if you just hang on, it'll, it'll show back up. And that is what I think is so powerful about this too, because it's hopeful. Once you start to understand how the mind works, you start to see like once, as soon as this crap thinking goes away, that's going to come back, like no matter what. And so it's less, you know, there's less of a pull to keep going down the same rabbit hole every time. It doesn't make as much sense. There's so many more options and kids can see that. And, and one of the ways that it ripples out with young people and they don't even realize it is just the relationships with others, like the relationships with their, um, because they have more options. And we have so many stories of kids just not responding to their parents. You know, maybe their parents are alcoholics or they're on drugs and then they, they don't do the same responses. So they get to stay in the house because they don't get in the fights with their parents and social services doesn't take them away again or, um, and they can take care of their brothers or they don't go and get hurt with their family members. Um, or they have better relationships with their teachers, so they get to stay in school. And it's so simple, and they don't even see the ripple, but it is a ripple just because they have more options. What about Dijon and Patrick? Do you want to? Can you restate the question like I answered? Sure. <laughs> well, how understanding your mind has given you more options, like Brooke just described. I think you could probably relate to several different things being shared. Understand my mind made a lot of different options for me. Because in a way, it was like, I moved around a lot, and I moved to different neighborhoods. So even though I moved out of one neighborhood, I still had my same mindset that I always had, which was being violent. So even though I moved, I still had the same mindset. So I, I, I wasn't really growing as a person because my mindset stayed the same. But when I... When I learned about my own mindset and learned about the powers that I can that I can do with do within myself, it it like it like it it like it like it opened doors for me to to new options other than just being violent. Like if I got into it with my mama or one of my teachers or my girlfriend or one of my friends, I don't gotta always result into violence anymore because I know that's just a creation. Every every thought can come and go. When I realized that, I just stopped thinking about them. Like, I still get pissed off from time to time because that's just being human. But I learned that I don't got to put all those thoughts into action. So now I moved to my new house. Now it's like I can start fresh now because I didn't learn about my man. Now I don't, don't got to have that same weight on my back as I did when I lived over here because I feel like I'm, like, like, like I'm growing myself. I'm mentally growing, then I physically grow. Then I can put it off into my community and share what what I learned and what how I grew myself to other people. So I just think that it's sub, 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 sustainable too because you can take the man out of the hood but can't take the hood out of the man. So in a way, let me, let, me, let me just break it down again. Okay, look. Okay, look. So, so okay, you follow, you follow. Okay. Um, like once you take, take the man out of the hood, you got to change his mentality too. You got to show him that it's different routes than just gang banging, selling drugs, arguing with your people, going to go kill somebody just because you feel bad. You got to let them know that like you can find that peace within yourself. Just because your friend didn't, didn't got killed or your mama strung out, you adopted, you were in a jail system. None of that matters. You can keep moving forward with your life in a way. Like you can just find that peace within yourself no matter if it's a week, two weeks from now, a year from now, you still got that hope in your head because your mindset didn't got strong. You still got that hope that there's better days coming. So you don't got to always result into violence. Mm -hmm. If that made any sense whatsoever, that's the one point. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So John, the other thing I, I, I really like when you talk about is how... Um, so much of conflict in the world is seeing the other. And I think we can see that across the world. Like all these people that are in all different countries have their own version of that. You know, you have your neighborhood's version of the other 
but South Africa has their version and, and Denmark has their version. Everyone does. It's such a human tendency to invent the idea of the other. And I think you speak really beautifully about how that's changed in you and how when you see that differently, you just behave differently. Okay, let me start over again. Okay, um, so learning about my mindset made me more open-minded to, to different things. Once I knew that I created all the stereotypes in my head, like once I knew I had the power to, to like destroy it in a way, it was it was easy for me to 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 walk up to a police officer and just say what's up to him instead of me stereotyping a police officer off back because of what people did in the past. Like I don't I don't see people who don't like me. I don't see them as the other no more. I just see them as human beings. I don't see people that have red hair, green hair, purple hair, big old earrings out there. I don't see them as <laughs> weirdos anymore i just see them as human beings with different perspectives of the world because what i learned was that everybody got their own vision of the world everybody got their own path and once i realized that i'm like i'm on my path they on their path i can respect their differences i don't gotta judge them i don't gotta put them in a certain category just because they don't act like me or look like me because they're just a creation we we created the thought of the other and once we realize that we can destroy it in a way because we see like we all live on the same planet we all eat the same food we bleed the same we just live in different worlds so everybody got their separate realities. there's a million billion trillion people in the world living separate realities and once we realize that and and, and respect that in a way all the judgments gonna gonna leave the creation of the other gonna leave because you're going to see people as people instead of seeing people as them. And we're going to be us instead mm -hmm. of them. Nice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> All right. Michael, did you want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to know how old these boys are. Um, I uh, just made 20 years old, uh, October 24th. Okay. And I'm 21. Oh. I just turned 21, John 3rd. That's really encouraging to see you young men that have this understanding, man, because you guys are the men of the future right now, and you're going to be raising the men of the future. And so I, I find it really inspiring that you guys uh, that you guys are doing what you're doing, man. Good job. Thank you. Bless you, bless you. Yeah, I can. Um... I guess just like what's big for me now is um, focusing on what I need more than what I want, because that's what always drew me away from myself. Like I always want money and just things to happen fast or at a quicker pace than usual. So when you, when you want stuff fast, you usually have to do, you know, negative things or other people would be affected by that decision. So just trying to draw away from that and look more into myself for gratification versus to people or hanging around like certain areas or needing certain things, just really loving myself more and thinking before I do anything because that's what was hard, just like automatically reacting to things or, okay, I don't have no money, I need to do this, or I don't have that, I need to go over here with them. And, just really just weighing my options out and looking at the world from a larger scale. The right way. Should we see if there's any questions? Oh yeah, before we uh, continue to talk, the people who are watching <clears throat> in the chat box, you can write any questions or comments that you have. And if you even wanna come on, if you dare to come on with us, scary people I double dare you. we could um turn your video you, and your sound on. yeah we can turn the video on the sound on and you can, you can talk to us directly that would be fun too but if you have any questions and comments please um write it uh in the chat box or um say you want to be on and we'll uh, put you on the call all right we got it already i would love to come on i work with you too and our you. And Adam Gangs. Okay, what's who's that? That's Rosie. 
Rosie Bernardo. Okay. First, first contender. First contender. <laughs> first contender. Like, like a game show. First contender. All right. Uh, let's do this, Rosie. All right. She'll join join in a second. Hey. Hello. Hey, Rosie. You guys, you guys look like you're in a music studio. I'm a musician too, and I'm like, are we gonna start a record label or what? Like, he is. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Awesome. Come to Chicago. Awesome. We produce some cool music in this room. Yes. This, this oh, I'm guy. so excited to hear that. Okay, so I'm at, I'm in D.C. slash Baltimore, okay. and I just started working with a nonprofit called Roca. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they work with young men that are in and out of jails and in and out of gangs, mostly in Massachusetts. And they just started an office in Baltimore because that's where the founder is from. But they've been having a lot of success in Massachusetts for like 25 years. Um, and one of the ways I'm seeing that stopping them is their beliefs about the men that are coming in because they say, and they repeat it over and over again and on their website, <laughs> that they work with the guys that, are, that don't do regular programming where they would show up every day, right. right? So they say, if a guy comes in every day, that's not the guy we work with. We send them somewhere else. The young men we work with don't show up every day. So when I went in there to try to work with them, I was like, they wanted me to help them, because I do a lot of math. They wanted me to help them with their education component. But they kept saying, well, you know, they don't come often enough to actually make any progress. So they all have, so all these students have these books with like one page of work in them. And, and there's this collective belief that we only work with guys that don't show up every day. And I just feel like bursting their bubble. Like, I don't even know what to say because literally this is their credo. You know, this is their credo is we work with the people that don't show up every day. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel really like, oh. you know, you can see it when it's not you, right? You can see other people's where they're missing, where they're the blind spot. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know how to, I don't know what to say. And I was just wondering from these two young men, you know, what would you recommend? Like how, like, I mean, I haven't introduced them to this yet. I haven't introduced them to this yet, but um, they also, by the way, one of the guys that works in the Baltimore office is with Safe Streets, which is with Cure Violence. Okay. You guys know that, right? So, um, and he actually joined Roca because he wanted to bring the two organizations together more in Baltimore. And he's great. His name's JT. So, um, I'm just curious, like, like if... It's yeah. frustrating because I feel like I want to go in there and do all these amazing things. I used to teach math at a kid at a school with all the kids were on probation and I was teaching math there. And, um, you know, I would walk into the classroom and I would look at everybody and say, wow, you know, look at all these brilliant minds. And they'd be like, no, Miss Bernard, what's this bunch of criminals? What are you talking about? And I would say, I don't know what you're talking about. All I see is a bunch of brilliant minds. And they're like, come on. You're bullshitting us. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm serious. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. These kids were studying calculus, algebra two, trigonometry. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have something immediately you want to share? Yeah. Um, everyone will have to come to their own realization for themselves. The only thing that I could recommend you doing is expressing how you changed as a person. And also just trying to connect with them regularly, like getting to know them and their background and different things of why they are the character that they are. And then going from there with each individual person because you can't come at a whole group because everyone's trauma and everyone's background will be a little different. So just not really like trying to think that it's going to happen in like, two or three months, you know, it's going to take time because they have to get comfortable with you and feel like, you know, you're not there just for that, you know? Well, it's funny that you say that. I love the ideas that you gave me. Thank you. I wrote them down. And um, no it's funny that you say that because that same day with that same group, 
one of the kids challenged me and said, oh, you're just here for a paycheck, Miss B. Right. And I said, that's not true. I said, I'm here because I love you. Yeah. And this kid in the front row goes, he, the kid in the front row went to the other guy and said, she's here because she loves us. Don't you ever say that again. <laughs> and I said, yes, Malik, yes. It was awesome. It was awesome, you know. So you're right. That's such good information. You're right. I should go, it has to be a one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, it could be other things, right? But it could really start with a one-on-one, -on -one, like working with one young man. If and I make it just one true. young man, yeah. And like, like you said, Rosie, about like how other people don't see their own blind spots, like you see blind spots in the organization. Well, I'm sitting here and I'm hearing you say, and I'm, and I'm also hearing like, oh, maybe you have some blind spots. Of course. So of course. If, 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 if you'd like, I'd like to share something that like might free your mind up. Because the same way yes. their mind is, is trapped sometimes our own mind, especially when we want to help people, we can get frustrated or uh, impatient or feel like, oh, we, if they only got this, then, you know, they, everything would change or any version of that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I feel like I've, I'm just going to speak for me personally, like sometimes when, if, if you if your heart is really at the right place, there's not really anything to object with only time will prove if people do connect with you or not. Like, cause, cause when we go, wherever we go, there's gonna be a certain percentage who do not get it or think we're fakes or think we're, you know, who, who are these people? And I used to be like, well, I, my heart is in a good place. And if we only, you know what I mean? Like, we really feel like, you know, yeah, 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 I mean yeah. it, I mean it, seriously. And, and I realized that came from like a certain level of insecurity in myself mm -hmm. about trying to prove that my heart was in the right place or this will lead to something good or I really have something of value to give you and I'm not here to like fool you. Like, mm -hmm. And every time I went down that route, I started explaining and it became very logical. Mm -hmm. People wouldn't, I wouldn't connect. But once I, that became something I didn't care so much about and I truly mm -hmm. just focused on what was real, was the human in front of me then. Yeah, the, still, the same things happen at a certain percentage, but I'm able to like have a total freedom myself. I'm also able to partner with other organizations in a very easy way than we had before. We've had some bad partnerships in the past where we weren't settled inside ourselves enough for that to be a natural thing. And then it became more of an explanation thing and like, trust, you know, believe my words thing rather than over time people feel it. And I think yes. with youth, especially mm -hmm. if, if they'll see it, well, like if you, if you show up next time, that's like proof for them that, okay, maybe this person oh, doesn't yeah. care. Like there's certain things that like, if you really care, you care, you can't, <laughs> you can't fake that long-term. You can only do that short-term. So if you really care and you're here for the long term, don't worry about the short term reactions because you will feel it. People well, this was, and on that, you know, when I first started working at that school and I was there for eight months, that's not how I talked to them. This was after six months there is when I said, I, I'm here because I love you. I get it. No, I get it. Um, but, the, but, but my issue at the, at, the, at the organization is not so much with the young men. They're simple. They're so easy to be around and talk to. It's the staff. Mm -hmm. that's where I'm finding but but that also what you said also relates to that mm -hmm. I need to come in and slow down and just be present with go what's going on yeah and and that's it and then be be you know and um because the, the young men were great oh my gosh I had a I had my shirt on that said coach Rosie Mass love because that's what I go by and the, they were loving it they were like you're coach Rosie Mass love like they were they were asking me all these questions and totally, you know, the creating a before with them was so much fun and easy. And, uh, and we actually, when I was there, we, you know, no, go ahead. I can see Mara. No, I just think what you said is really profound because you kind of caught yourself. And I think what I'm hearing as you talk is like, you have an unwavering openness of mind and love for the guys that you work with. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, what if I applied that to the staff too? Mm. Because I guarantee you that the guys you work with probably do some annoying stuff that you don't even see mm. because you just have such a good feeling about them and you're so committed to it. 
And it's yeah. interesting how we don't realize we, our mind plays tricks on us. All of a sudden our mindset shifts like Dejan talked about before and we create an us and them and we don't even realize we just created an us and them. Mm. So there's an openness that I feel you're kind of catching yourself on that if you can have that same thing with the staff, look, they just have their blind spots. If you know in your heart of hearts that who cares what their credo is, you're going to show up every day and you're going to provide something really useful and see how they respond to that. And some of them might start coming every day. And if suddenly someone on the staff says, hey, but we don't work with the people who come every day, you can say, well, I do, because mine turn out to be coming every day. Isn't that great? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, like, right. And I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll just take them over here and I'll call them some other organization. That's fine. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. That really helped a lot. Thank you so much for, for jumping on. Hey, can I say something here, real quick? Yeah, Michael. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say something to Rosie. You know, um, I just got out of prison, and when I was in when I was in prison, I spoke to a group of guys every Wednesday. These are all what they call the A and O, the intakes and, or and orientation. And I used to go down and talk to these guys, and I used to, um, you know, tell them about the program that I was, you know, a part of, which was Insight to Wellbeing, and that's Anna's class inside the prison. Um, Going in and talking to these guys every week and telling them about the program, I told them two things, and those two things were very, very okay. instrumental in these people, in these guys coming and participating in this program. Because the first thing you got to do is you got to connect, you know, and that comes with respect. You know, they want to know that you respect them. Yeah, they want to know that you love them, but love in this era to me, I feel like a lot of people can't really relate with like what love is like, it, you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, what I told, what I told these guys when I came in was number one, there is nothing wrong with you, nothing. And number two, your whole life experience and perception of the world comes from the inside out. And that's all I told these guys. And the one thing that they heard was that there's nothing wrong with them. Okay, because when I went in, it, 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 what, what you're doing is you're, you're reaffirming to them that there's nothing wrong with them because you, you said yourself that they've been told their whole life that, you know, they're not good enough, they don't show up to class, they don't this, they don't that, you know. And so, you know, making that kind of connection and just letting them know that there's nothing wrong with them, okay, that's, that's showing that you care and that you believe that. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there. I thought it was, yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. I love what you just said, Michael, because it's kind of what I was thinking is with we get we go into all different schools and organizations and we the kids are easy to connect to, like Rosie said, but the adults are sometimes the ones that are very resistant. And I can always catch myself when I'm feeling like I need to save the adults for the sake <laughs> of the kids. And when I when I get into that feeling, it's like, oh, I forgot they have the same thing I have. And all I need to do is connect with them and they're, they're going to, they're, they'll rise to it. People rise to their own potential and that's in everybody. So if I'm ever feeling like I need to save, save someone, I'm, I'm kind of off track because I've, I've forgotten the plot. Thank you. I was also going to add to that too. When Rosie, when you were talking, it made me think of a school we had went to once where we were like, what is happening? We had all these teachers, the kids were completely bought in, they loved it. And the teachers were just not on board. And we we're like, what is happening? And we sat down and realized, wait, they're not connecting with the teachers whatsoever. We're never, we're not hanging out with them. We're not building rapport with them. We're not, we're thinking that they're the ones that need to get something. And if they would just change and everything would be fine. And so we were kind of like at a, and the second that we all kind of realized that we were like, Oh, we actually invited them all out to drinks <laughs> and then, and then we just hung out and connected and then they saw us as human. They didn't, they didn't see us as someone coming in and trying to change something. They're just, Oh, these people are here. That they're, they're just here showing up and, and they, you know, it was that connection that we were completely missing. And as soon as we got that, it was just, it was easy. It was super easy from there. Thank you. That that's brilliant. That's exactly, that's exactly where I need to be. Thank you. Thank you so much, Thank Rosie. You, Rosie. Thank you. Thank you, number one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, did we have a second question? Yeah, any other um, questions or people who want to come on and talk? That was lovely.
Here's the question that somebody asked, anonymous attendee. I am curious if the organization leaders could speak to how they came to the ideas to create their organizations. That's, should we, should we flag that for, um, let's, let's put Joanna for just because I know that's, that'll take a long time. Because <laughs> we're like, you know, we can do a short, a short version at the end because that could be yeah. like a summary. Yeah, Mara, you started at the end. We'll see how long time it's going to take. <laughs> you can we'll, type the answer too. We'll, yeah, we'll definitely uh, make sure to respond to that, uh, maybe in a separate webinar or maybe at the end. So let's, um, let's, let's jump. Joanna, see, should we jump um, her into Joanna? So fun. Analyst. <laughs> All right, she, she, she might join in a second. We don't know yet. Oh, okay. Joanna, are you there? Yes. Hey. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, wait. Okay, here. <laughs> it's a little dark. Um, sorry about that. I'm really, really enjoying this. And thank you, everyone, for everything that you do. And you guys, so inspiring. I'm getting on to share my story more than anything because of what you shared. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in New York now. And I just, um, yeah, the, the way that I came across this understanding was um, I was actually living in a shelter. I was disabled. I was blind from one eye. I am a domestic violence survivor. I was finishing up my master's degree when I was attacked by my fiance at the time. I was pregnant and I've always had this curiosity about the, 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 the nature of thought from a very young age. It's always been something that's fascinated me. Growing up in the hood in New York City, I saw so many just examples of people who, you know, like it was this, but I just didn't have, I guess, the words or an understanding of it. But it was obvious, like there was, there was just so much anger and so much, you know, when we were all a family, I mean, we were all in the same boat. We was fighting for, to survive and we were all basically a family. And yet there was so much tension between, between us. So when this happened to me, I remember sitting with a therapist and counselors and then prescribing medication and telling me, relive the story. This is how you're going to heal. And at one point I, I just, I, I've always been very much into health and fitness, so medication. I mean, I grew up in the Dominican Republic, and uh, my, um, the only medical insurance I had my entire life was Vaporub until I came to the U.S. So I, medication and all that stuff was never something that I just never believed in it. So at one point, I was getting 12 different prescriptions for uh, unit. I had to have my entire right arm reconstructed from scratch. I had my head, like, I had a lot of trauma. I was pregnant at the time. So there was a lot, a lot of trauma. And also my daughter came out and I don't know if it was part of this test. I, not even her fingernails are me. It was just like him. And for me, it was like, well, I don't want this person to be punished with 30 years of jail time, which is what he was facing at the time for crossing 10 borders, US borders because I felt, well, our men of color need something else. It's not more jail time, it's not more punishment, it's not more um, pointing and making them feel as if they're worthless. We already have enough of that. So I set out to find, first of all, to heal myself in a way that was going to allow me to be a mother to my child, but also to pay it forward and try to see if I find a way to not have another woman or a mom or their children go through what I was going through. So I decided no more therapy because I would sit with a therapist and after an hour of me reliving, being thrown, I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. So I, I decided I'm gonna find this on my way. I remember vividly the day I found a Sid Banks video on YouTube. I was sweating, I was shaking, I was happy. I mean, it was just like, this is it. And it was one video where he was in Hawaii and it was just that answer 
and it was it all it all made sense and i've been following you all and i've been learning on my own and and i'm just so excited now to do to, to learn all i need to learn to now bring it back but for me it's more about understanding that we don't have to wait until these men are behind prison to help them what if we get them when we're younger my daughter right now she is is in middle school she's now 11 years old and she survived you know so for me it was like i need to she's a miracle i need to find a way to pay this miracle forward and help other women and just help our our men from commit, committing these crimes against our women and i said i'm gonna figure this out my daughter gets it my daughter when she's oh it's just I, there was one piece of, of there was, I, I, I don't know exactly where I got it from. The, you described it as snowflakes falling. And then when the moment we catch these snowflakes, it turned into snowball. And that's how I explained it to her. And now, in, and I'm like, they get, we're doing this. And then I found that I have these programs. So I am, I just want to say that you, what you're doing is, I mean, it changed my life. You know, everything that you're doing, you might not see it right away, but I'm going to make sure that I share this with as many people as I possibly could. And I don't know if I rambled on or if my sense, I still, still have, <laughs> the trauma is real. But yeah, being told that I was broken, that I was damaged. And my physically, I was, I, I am, I have scars. I've had three different surgeries to function, my, my lip, you know. But to know that, what you just said recently, like, there's nothing wrong with me. At the core, I am, you know, and that's what they were trying to convince me. As a, as a, as a domestic violence survivor, I think that the whole entire system has it wrong. And I mean, this is just one area I would feel what a difference this understanding will make, not only for the mothers, but also for their children. Yes. Thank you for listening. Oh, I have nothing to add to that. I mean, it's amazing and it's, um, it's a perfect example. A perfect example of what we wanted to show on this webinar. So thank you for sharing. It's amazing. All right. Seems like people are liking the conversation so far. That's good. Well, we got three minutes. Any last questions? Oh, yeah, we, we said one hour and 15. Didn't we? Yeah, we did. I don't want to. Yeah, we got to last Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, we have 18 minutes. Any more questions? <laughs> <laughs> Can I respond to her, please? Rosie? I'm so moved, inspired by you, thank you. Yeah, you're going to let her go. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, Wayne. Right? She said, can I respond to her, please? Oh, to come on again? Yeah. All right. Hi again, I'm gonna be very fast. I just wanted to talk to Joanna. I too um, was in a, it was in a, not, it wasn't violent, thanks God, but emotionally, uh, devastating relationship and I fled too and I became homeless twice because of it and I just wanted to let her know that I'm close by in DC but also I felt the same way towards my ex I felt like they were trying to you know, he had been in prison before I met him and they were trying to make him out to be this horrible person and what happened was what's really beautiful is that because I held a space that both of us needed to change and both of us could get better I went through a very intense leadership training and then I paid for him to go through it we both went through it and the healing that came from that was, I mean, he said to me at, after he went through his first like intense week, he said, I will never call you my ex again. I will only call you the mother of my children. And we had so like, 
we went from being like this to just, it was like, we always cared about each other as people. We'll never be together, but we can be in the same room. We can laugh. We can raise our kids together the best we can from, he's in Los Angeles, I'm here. He's actually in jail again right now, but he's about to get out. And um, I just, re I, I feel the same way she was saying that we need, to, we need to provide space for both people to get better. We can do it. So I would love to collaborate with her in that space. We really can do it. Um, just there's so much hope there. That's all I wanted to say. And thanks, thanks to Joanna for sharing her story. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Well, I was just going to say, it's kind of a brief answer to the other question about why did we start our organizations? And I think what both Rosie and Joanna have brought up is, is you see the potential of what happens when human beings feel better. And the idea that we can look at interpersonal difficulties, family difficulties, educational difficulties, criminal justice, so like looking at the, the hard shit in life but from the perspective of if people felt better, they would be able to do better and we could begin to solve some of these problems. So not looking at how do we punish people or how do I get back at my ex who messed with me or how do I, you know, um, resent my parent my whole life for all the ways they mistreated me. It's really such a simple thing, but it's a shift in orientation of looking at, well, I know when I feel better, I can do better. I, my behavior and my perception of reality are only consistent with how I feel inside of my mind. And when that changes, I can do things better. I can see a whole different world. And if that's true for me, it's true for everybody. That if you zoom out, you can see that's going on with all seven and a half billion, whatever it is now, people on the planet, is we're doing and creating a world consistent with how we feel inside of ourselves. So if we can help people feel better inside themselves, Oh my gosh, you have amazing stories like what Joanna just shared where she's been able to create a beautiful life for her children in spite of what happened to her and she wants to pay it forward. I mean, so many people would listen to your story and be like, and you want to help others? Like, and you have something left over? Like, and that was precisely why we created our organizations is we saw that if you can start from the foundation of helping people's innate mental capacities and their resilience and that that can come quite simply as you heard from when Michael spoke from a few insights about how their mind works then oh my gosh there's this incredible ripple effect of what they can do for their own lives what they can do for their children their communities their schools and the entire systems that make up our world I know for us that's exactly why we started One Solution is because we felt wow this seems like a solution <laughs> like Let's put that into an organization and see if we can run with it. <laughs> I love what you said. I, I didn't start the Spark Initiative, but it was about to close. So I, we, when I came on, I kind of revamped it. But my story is that I stumbled upon this understanding of how the mind works at a time where my husband was really in a deep depression um, about his brother's suicide. And without my trying to kind of sarcastically um, I talked about this understanding of the mind, like it was common knowledge and he had a huge insight about what he was doing to himself via thought. And I could, I could see clearly and very quickly that it saved our marriage. It saved him. It saved our marriage. And, um, and then like I spoke about before, had my brother-in-law, who was very young, he was 23 when he committed suicide, had he known that thought doesn't last forever and that there is this unbreakable well of awesomeness inside of everybody, no matter what, had he known that, had he just held, he would have held on. Like, because if, if you know, if you know it won't last, you have no choice but to hold on. And like, it's the, only, it's the option that you have. And I can't help but think that um, it's so simple, but how many, how many lives we, we can save just by showing them that. Um, I, I, I actually didn't have, um, any kind of intention. What was that? Sorry. Oh God, there's this weird thing on my desk. It suddenly made noise and I have no idea what it was. Anyway. Um, I feel like um, 
the the kind of the in, the the openness to start an organization for me only happened when I stopped thinking that there was something that needed changing and and I spent a long time you know thinking oh, I I need to I want to do something useful and I want to help people and I want to do you know and I know there's something I want to do that's going to be helpful. And it was actually when I realized that nothing's wrong with anyone and no one's broken and there's actually nothing I need to do. And I could just go and go and, you know, work anywhere. And it didn't matter what I did, but actually then there was space in my head um, for me to then have an idea about what to do. Because before that, there was no space in my head because Anna was really caught up with what Anna was doing to save the world or what she thought she could do. And it was looking in completely the wrong direction. And, and so as I recognize that there's nothing I need doing, um, then I had, you know, an idea. Um, and that was when I got back to America. I mean, I'd already worked with Jacqueline in England um, and really enjoyed working in prison, but it wasn't until I came back here that I thought that I needed to continue it because there was some trajectory for, for this, this work. Um, but it wasn't until then I had an insight around there's nothing to do. Um, I don't need to do anything because no one's broken and no one needs fixing that then allowed me to kind of have an idea about the way this could work. And, and even then it was just, you know, what the, there was one idea and then I followed it and then there was another idea and then I followed it and then there was another idea. I followed it and there was nothing more than that. There wasn't some big idea about there was some needing to change the prison system or people going to prison or anything else. It was just, following my own, you know, well of awesomeness, as I like that book, um, <laughs> um, that kept giving me ideas where when I, when I was kind of thinking that I had the wheel, the ideas that I came up with were, were, were kind of, I suppose, ego-driven in a way because it was Anna in the way thinking that she had the answer or she needed to kind of come up with something. So it, it was actually the opposite of when I realized there was nothing to do and no one needed anything. Um, that then everything started flowing. Um, and then it's just, um, I think coming from that place and everything that I do, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of relief in knowing that there's nothing wrong with you. And so um, I never actually knew, Michael, what you said to people at A&O when they'd come in their droves. Um, but um, I sure miss you there. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it is. There's a relief when people have been told they're broken or there's something wrong. And then for me too, you know, there's something wrong with me. Um, realizing there's not, and there's nothing to do. Somehow that allows space to, to then create something fresh. I don't miss you there, Anna. I'm sure you don't. <laughs> 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 yeah. there's a, actually, I think as I heard before, Monica's on the call. I don't know, she's, she's here somewhere, so she's not on the visual, but, but um, but anyway, so shout out to Monica, who's in the crowd somewhere. What's up, Monica? <laughs> She's another teacher, by the way, with us, who, who, who um, taught with, well, who taught in Michael's class. And Michael, anyway, shout out, yeah. Anna, I just wanted to say, I liked what you said just about how, you know, it, you had no idea what it was going to look like and you just kept taking the next step and the next step. That's exactly, if I would have looked, actually my Facebook memories popped up today that said, I'm making this official. I'm going to, at the time it was the Cypress Initiative, now Spark Initiative. I'm like, I'm leaving my corporate job and here I go. And if I would have, um, I could have never imagined where Spark or where myself would be right now had I tried to plan it out. And it's just, all I know is Brooke and I just kept taking the next step that felt right, the next step that felt right. And in my wildest dreams, I would have never imagined everything that would have came out of it. I just know that when I was in a classroom with kids and I just firsthand saw the power of them just understanding that they are okay inside, that, that there is nothing broken. When I saw the power of just that, I, that's all that I had to do. And then I was like, okay, well, I, this is what I'm doing forever now. And however it shows up for me to do it, that's, that's where I'm going to go. Awesome. Monica says, hi, Anna. I had a feeling that Anna's answer was the answer to my question. Oh, great. Well said, Ashley. 
Great. Any last words? Man, I could go on for an hour by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really excited for everything that I've learned and um, for the direction that I'm that I'm going. Um, I, I had a I had a lot of plans. I started making a lot of plans, and I I I realized that like what Anna said, you just kind of put one foot in front of the other, and uh, <clears throat> I don't know, man. Uh, God, the universe, Allah, however you relate, I mean, uh, works in mysterious ways, man. I just, well, I guess one of the biggest things that was really, really relieving to me is that I learned that. I didn't have to figure it all out, man. I'm serious, man. I've spent my whole life trying to figure out how to live this life, man. And like literally, boom, that quick. Like I realized, you know, like it's just like it's all in my head, you know, that term that you hear people say, oh, man, it's all in your head. And it's like it really is all in your head. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's just, you know, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And my passion. Um, is what is what is uh, ultimately going to drive me. That's what drives Anna. I've seen it. You know, when you do something that you love to do, and uh, she absolutely loves doing what she's doing. I mean, it, it it don't get no better than that, man. I mean, God, what a career choice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's amazing, Michael. Yeah, I'm glad you shared that. I, I could listen to you talk for another hour too. This has been really cool and really moving. And I, I really enjoyed hearing from all of you. Mm-hmm. You guys, yes. as always. <laughs> <laughs> and the good news is we're going to have two more, two more webinars like this. Mm-hmm. So this is just, um, just the, the beginning. Do you want to say anything about the in-person event or no? Yeah, you can say something about that. Well, just that this is, as Adik said, this is just the beginning. So we're having two more webinars and then um, the Inside Alliance and the Spark Initiative and One Solution are all going to have a collaborative event here in Chicago on March 20th. March 20th. Friday, March 20th. If anyone you can also live stream it. Yeah. I was going to say, if anyone fancies a trip to Chicago or you can live stream it. Um, and we're also going to, uh, we have grand plans, but we'll be taking each step as it comes, of having these in different cities in the future, but we want to invite people locally, you can also come from far, just to explore more of this, because we're so hopeful, like I think Michael, just the, the look on your face and what you said about that inspiration and how you could feel it in Anna, and we can all feel it in you, and hopefully you can feel it in us, it's like, everything you're saying is so simple, but it's so hopeful. And yet it's not talked about enough in the world these days. And if it were talked about more that there's nothing wrong with people, there's nothing lacking. Everyone has this well of awesomeness in them. And underneath the thinking that we're confused about and that we've taken seriously over time is this beautiful spaciousness and the capacity to make change in our lives. And it's sustainable. And we want to see more of that. We want to see more of that in all of these different areas of society that really could use something that's hopeful right now. So, you know, we are delighted that people came from far and wide to join us on this webinar. Please come to the next two. And if you want to learn more about the physical in-person event in Chicago, you can just reach out to us um, at info at onesolutionglobal.org. And we'll send out uh, recordings for people. I know people uh, always ask that. And yes, we will send recordings so you can listen to this uh, again. Yeah, so thank you for making the time to join us. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys.